0: Hey everybody, what's going on? Thank you for stopping by and welcome to the Buckeye Zone. This is where we break down anything related to our favorite college football program, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Well, it's been about three weeks since uh, our Buckeyes played against Utah in the Rose Bowl, and I'm just now getting around to uh, uh, giving you the recap of the game and, and my uh thoughts about it. Uh life's crazy. You all know that. And uh family of six with four kiddos will um pull your time and attention away from things, and working a full-time job will do that too. So uh I'm sure you're tired of hearing me uh make excuses about uh being a little behind. So we're gonna try to play catch-up here. Uh over the next couple of months. <clears throat> uh breaking news should tie down, you would think, uh during the off season here. Uh things you know, with college football and recruiting, it seems like it's uh, you know, a twelve month sport and uh rightfully so, especially with uh, name, image and likeness, uh information coming out. Uh whether we'll have I wouldn't necessarily say expansion, but um the playoffs, uh could be changing. Who knows? We'll see what happens with that. But wanted to get this out of the way to to wrap up the 2021 football season. Our Buckeyes traveled out west. Uh, I know a lot of people were talking about that they may not be uh, focused on the game because of the devastating loss to the team up north. Um, Weren't able to play for the conference championship. We're going into the playoffs and uh, the first time in uh, three years, two years, three years, and, you know, <clears throat> you could easily see that uh, possibly happening, but I think there's too much pride um, in this team and the coaching staff, the players. They put so much work. Like I said, uh, college football is pretty much a year-round sport anymore, and they put so much time and effort into their craft to get better, to develop, to improve themselves. I don't think they were going to miss out on this opportunity to uh, get one more win for some of these seniors that are leaving. I mean, going to the Rose Bowl is still special. I mean, obviously, it's not as great in the years that the Rose Bowl is not part of the playoffs, but you know what? It's better than some of the other Bulls that are out there. And, Um, Don't get me started on whether or not they should be uh, having so many bowl bowl games out there. Um, Obviously, it's a money grab, but um, I could still see them. I would still want them to cut it down, but um, that's a topic for another day, and I really want to hit up this last game about Ohio State and their season. Like I said, traveled to the Rose Bowl, played against Utah, and I actually wanted to Uh, make notes throughout this game. I I haven't done that all season long, and I think that'll uh, help me uh, with this podcast uh, break down the games moving forward. So, um, Ended up writing notes, and uh, so you know what? Here we go. That first quarter, um, I had one word (laughs) that uh, kept ringing in my head, and that was uninspired. The Buckeyes just didn't look like um, I don't know if they weren't focused quite yet. Um, you know, I I still think they were motivated to come out play a uh, play this game, but they just did not look quite right. Defensively, they they just weren't um, doing what they needed to do. They were missing tackles. They were confused with um, the motion with the uh, Utah receivers. <clears throat> I mean, it was starting to remind me of uh, you know. The uh, national title game they had last year with alabama they they had a hard time keeping up with uh, Smith and him going into motion and i don't know if that was i'm sure that was by design by the the coaching staff there with Utah um, replaying that game and and realizing that you know Ohio State had just you know hadn't done a good job even this past season with uh, receivers in motion and and trying to delegate the uh, duties of who's responsible for which player, it, it, it just didn't look good. And on top of that, you know, you, we talk about how great the Buckeyes' offense is all season long, even without having uh, two stud receivers out there, uh, Wilson and Olave, They were still, you know, we, we have faith in uh, Brian Hartline and, and and the job he's done recruiting these wide receivers and it was gonna give them an opportunity to see what they could do. Finally, uh now that you had those two uh potential first round NFL draft picks, uh not in the lineup anymore, you could see what they could do and absolutely nothing was happening on offense in that first quarter. At the at the end of it, you know, the Buckeye's were down fourteen nothing. It's like, oh crap. Like <laughs> for one, I quite, I wasn't quite expecting that. And two, um, you know, if they weren't going to get their act together, it was going to, um, probably get out of hand and get kind of ugly there pretty quick because Utah, they have, you know, the home field advantage playing out West there. They look like they were on fire, man. They they look like they were jacked up. They were ready to go from the coin toss and things just weren't, (laughs) <laughs> going in the Buckeyes way and they were gonna have to figure out a way to uh, uh pull this together and I really credit the the captains the the leadership that they have on this team because ultimately that's what it comes down to is having great leaders uh you know navigate the the choppy waters when things get difficult and you know what Uh they were able to do that um you know, the other note I had was that, you know, on offense they had to start the game two, three and outs. That that's just not good enough. And they needed to obviously change things going into the second quarter. Um Stroud, really impressed with him. Uh he had pretty much two NFL type throws, uh on a touchdown drive, with Harrison uh catching a ball on a fourth and short. Uh, I, I, that's one thing I love about Ryan Day is his aggressiveness. A lot of times you'll see uh, coaches tighten up, either not go for fourth down or they do, especially when it's fourth and it's short. And usually it's a run play. And a lot of defenses are you know anticipating that. They're calculating it. So they'll load the box. They'll, they'll bring guys up and, and try to uh, stop that run. Coach Day, uh, he's shown it time and time again. Um, even dating back to 2019 when they were playing Clemson. I know they lost that game, but there was a couple times even in that game, uh, his technically his first year as a head coach, he was throwing the ball down the field uh, on a fourth and short, and that's what they did here. That was a fantastic uh, play call. Um, Harrison Jr., uh, the son of NFL Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison, uh, this was kind of a coming out party for him, and uh, we can talk about a little bit that more uh, later on in the show, but <clears throat> that was a fantastic catch he had in the uh, the end zone there, on that fourth and short. Um, one thing that um, probably made a difference, difference moving forward, uh, that next series on defense, Jack Sawyer got uh, ejected for that targeting call, I thought it was pretty weak, like, most targeting calls I think are pretty lame uh, I understand the the intent behind it but you also gotta put in context that this game is crazy fast not as fast as the NFL with good reason but it's hard to make an adjustment in a split second and then think you know just because the helmet hits another guy's helmet you know that's like a targeting call I thought it was kind of bogus. I, I kind of like Joel Klatt when he talks and says that there should be, you know, two types of targeting calls. One, you know, get penalized for maybe five, ten yards and get a first down. And then the second one, you know, plays that are obviously egregious and, and looks like the the player's, you know, kind of motivated to uh, hurt the other players. Then, yeah, you could throw him out of the game for that one, 15-yard penalty. Uh, Obviously, first down. So, yeah. Uh, But on this instance, Jack Sawyer didn't look like he was trying to hurt the guy. So, uh, you know, I thought it was a bogus call. And eventually set up a touchdown for Utah. And that's when things started getting really crazy. Because then the Buckeyes had a very quick response, which included um, two runs by Mayan Williams. Which uh, it was good to see him out there uh, contributing. But then there was a long pass to Jackson Smith and the Jigbo. And the fireworks just continued uh, in the second quarter, guys. Uh, Utah ended up having a kickoff touchdown uh, being returned. Like, points were being scored all over the place. It was insane. There was, like, four touchdowns between both teams in, like, a minute. And things just continued to get crazy. Um, There was a, a play where Utah had, I think it was a fourth a fourth down. It was probably fourth and short. Their quarterback, uh, Rising, you know, he's a gamer, man. He, he was out there running the ball, throwing. But on this instance, uh, it was a design run play on not fourth down. He made a couple dudes miss, and he was gone. He, he ran, what, 40, 50 yards for a touchdown? It looked absolutely ridiculous for Ohio State's defense to be giving that up. And, you know, like I had mentioned a little previously here, when it's fourth and short, usually teams load up the, the box and, and go after the, the running back. In this case, it was the quarterback. But once you get past that level, there's nobody back there. The, the safeties are already crashed, crashed down towards the, the line of scrimmage. Once you get past that, you're free, man. And <laughs> Rising, you know, he looked like he he kind of slowed up those last 15 yards, 20 yards, because there was, like, nobody around him. You know, it's troublesome when you have a defensive lineman. I know Zach Harrison can be quick, but not running 40, 50 yards down the field to try to make the uh, touchdown-saving tackle. He was the the next guy. He was, like, the closest guy to rising. So, uh, you know, that's a big problem right there. And then... uh, Clark Phillips III man he was he was all over the place he's the uh uh i think he's a cornerback or safety for Utah he actually originally committed to Ohio State decommitted and went and played for Utah you can see why Ohio State was all in on him and it it kind of stinks that you know uh they weren't able to secure his commitment cuz you can see how special he was he was out there making plays left and right and I don't know that they're the Buckeyes defense would look completely different if he was uh, back there in our secondary making plays. But, you know, congratulations to him because he was he was all over the place making plays. But it was just a a crazy, crazy second quarter. Uh, I think total 56 combined first half points between the two teams. It's just insane. 42 of those points alone came in the second quarter Uh, The Buckeyes, you know, they look like they were on fire, obviously, on offense, defense, mm, special teams, mm, not so good. But Stroud, first half without uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, threw 15 for 19, 290 yards, three touchdowns. That's like 79% completion, pass completion uh, percentage there. You look great, man. I mean, that... A lot of teams would be happy with that for an entire game. But, no, that was just his first-half performance. So you knew big things were coming out of him. Um, but the Buckeyes were still trailing at halftime by 14 points. So you knew if they were going to make this right, if they were going to try to win this game defensively, they were going to have to make some stops. Um, you know, they didn't look great coming out uh At halftime, because, you know, they had the ball, three straight plays, and they were out. And it's like, oh, God, that's how they opened the game. What's going on here? Like, to start the game, they had, I think it was uh, three straight passing plays. Here they had three straight running plays. I'm like, man, you got to maybe get a little bit more creative than that. I don't know. But I kind of see what they were trying to do, um, trying to establish the run in the uh, second half, maybe slow things down a little bit. Um, let the defense try to compose themselves a little bit more. But having a three and out, that that doesn't help anybody. And Utah, um, you know, they were going to try to uh, capitalize on that whole situation. They, we are lucky that they didn't. But, um, you know, I only have a couple notes here for the third quarter. Um, Phillips the third. Like I said, you know it would have been great if he was part of Ohio State secondary. He continued his great performance by picking off CJ Stroud uh, in the end zone. That that obviously could have helped uh, the Buckeyes close the gap. And the thing that I would say at the turning point in the game there was probably two um, here in the second quarter or in the second half. But the one big one was uh, Utah's punter dropped the ball. And the Buckeyes were able to capitalize that with their own touchdown pass. So um, that started getting the momentum uh, shifted. You know, whenever there's like a big special teams play, um, that usually kind of hypes up the team, uh, gets them, I don't know if there's a little bit extra motivation, but definitely more juices uh, flowing on a special teams play like that. So uh, great job by Ohio State, not just, um, you know, Stopping the punter. I mean, the punter did it to himself by dropping the ball. But you gotta get gotta get a touchdown there. You're you're like near their end zone. It was definitely within the red zone. So you gotta not come away with either no points or a field goal. You gotta get a touchdown there. Close the gap, and they did a great job doing that. Fourth quarter. Um, they had a big fourth down stop early in that quarter uh, to continue. Uh, playing well. Their, their defense started stepping up. And unfortunately, um, the the quarterback for Utah rising, he ended up getting hurt. So that's probably the second biggest play of the game because who knows what would have happened if he would have kept continued playing because he seemed like he wasn't doing anything wrong. Uh, he was making enough plays to... Uh, obviously, he was making enough plays because they were winning most of the game. So... Rising, getting hurt, uh, definitely um, prevented Utah from probably holding on to win this game. Stroud uh, ended up having uh, uh, passing records in there. Uh, Jackson Smith and Ajigba, uh, the connection with Stroud was unbelievable. And the Buckeyes were able to pull away in the fourth quarter. Uh, It was just a fun game overall to watch. I mean, the, the Buckeyes' offense... I mean, minus that first quarter was unbelievable. And I'm going to read off some of the stats for you, but I just keep thinking back in my head like, holy crap, what if they actually did something in the first half or in the first quarter? Think how much more unbelievable these numbers would end up being uh in the first half or in the the final stats for the Buckeyes, they had more yards than uh Utah. 683 total yards to their 463. Unbelievable, 683, when they pretty much had none in that first quarter. Passing, uh, C.J. Stroud had 573 to 237. Rushing, that was a little off. Um, I was kind of hoping Henderson would have had a big game, um, but he didn't. And So, you know what, I I can't put it all on him because, you know, offensive line, they look like they've struggled, and uh, we'll talk in a future podcast about that, but... Uh, Henderson and Williams, they were back there trying. Uh, they only ended up having, uh, like 110 yards. Uh, I, I I don't know, man. 110, you gotta do a little bit better than that. Uh, Utah had 226. Penalties, I absolutely hate penalties. Buckeyes, come on, man. Seven of them for 70 yards. That, that's not that good. Uh, I think Utah had five, so, uh... Got to clean that up here in the offseason and moving forward. Turnovers, Ohio State had two. One was from a fumble, lost, and an interception. Uh, we had mentioned earlier with Clark Phillips, the third, picking off Stroud. So, yeah, no, Ohio State, they uh, offensively unbelievable. Stroud finished the game uh, 37, uh, 46 passes for 573, six touchdowns and that one interception. Uh, that was Unbelievable performance by him. He looks like he's going to be a Heisman Trophy uh, candidate, if not a front runner, alongside with uh, Bryce Young at Alabama this upcoming season. Expecting big things from him. That 46 uh, pass attempts, though, kind of makes me nervous. Um, I wish it was more like, like 35 to 40, but you know what? You got to do what you got to do when you're playing from behind, especially by 14 points. So, um, Henderson. Hopefully he has a big season next year. He looks like he's primed and ready to do that. He had 17 carries for 83 yards. Unfortunately, no touchdowns. But uh, the kid's special. He broke Maurice Claret's uh, Ohio State uh, record for uh, touchdowns by a freshman. So, uh, you know, expect some big things from him. And since we didn't have Olave and Wilson out there, the uh, young receivers that we've been talking about, highly uh, talented guys, Stepped up in a big way. Jackson Smith to Jigba, uh, 15 receptions, 347 yards with three touchdowns. Unbelievable performance by that young man. Um, He ended up having a whole bunch of records. Most receiving yards in a Rose Bowl or even in a a bowl game altogether. A couple more things. The most receiving yards and receptions in a single season at Ohio State considering all the uh, magnificent receivers that they've had over the years. Um, You know, David Boston, uh, Chris Carter, Devin Smith, you know, the the list goes on and on. Uh, It's unbelievable what he was able to do um, in his, uh, not just in this one game, but his season altogether. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., he had zero touchdowns entering this game. Half of his receptions in this game were touchdowns. He had six catches, three of them were touchdowns, for 71 yards. I expect big things from that young man uh, moving forward. Mecca Ibuka looks like he might be uh, our punt and kick return specialist, but he's also a pretty good receiver. Three uh, receptions for 46 yards, and Julian Fleming. I really hope this guy uh, is able to... Uh, Breakthrough next year and and contribute in a big way. He's been hampered by a ton of injuries since he's uh, been on uh, the campus there at Columbus uh, in his two years. But you know what? Uh, in this game, he he stepped up. He had five receptions. He had thirty five yards. Um, hopefully, we can see big things from him next year. Uh, he was the number one receiver in his uh, recruiting class uh, two years ago. So hopefully, he can. Uh, Just stay healthy. I think if he stays healthy, uh, we can expect big things from him. Defensively, uh, I I, I was completely shocked and wrong about Tommy Eichenberg, the linebacker. Uh, He ended up having 11 tackles. He led uh, the team in tackles, and it wasn't even close. Uh, The next closest guy was uh, Court Williams with six, and he contributed with the sack. So uh, Ohio State's defense uh they got have gotten a lot of criticisms criticisms this year from uh numerous people including myself It just didn't look good even in this game uh hopefully they can get that fixed uh next pod one of the next podcasts I do is going to be uh, discussing their uh coaching changes hopefully that solves it but they also going to need to have some dudes step up i mean steel chambers and and cade stover at linebacker those two guys weren't even linebackers last year, and they were pretty much starting um, at linebacker opposite of uh, Tommy Eichenberg. So, uh, you know, I really like Steel Chambers. I think Kate Stover, I think if he, you know, makes the full-time switch from tight end to linebacker, I think he can still uh, play a contributing role. But, yeah, uh, defense is going to have to get a lot better. Uh, Giving up 463 yards. Just be thankful that you have a crazy potent uh, offense like we do where we can overcome deficits. But you want to make a run at the Big Ten championship. You want to make a run to the playoffs and possibly a national championship. You're going to have to play a lot better defense than uh, I think total defense. They were like 60th in the country this year. That's not going to get it done. You know, if if you're even in the top twenty five, which Ohio State recruits at such a great level, I would expect it to be top five, top ten. If you're even in the top twenty five, man, you guys should be able to win the conference next year easily. So, defense has got to get better. Offense continued to roll. Um, they ended up finishing the year with eleven and two record. I still think it was a, a very successful season. Um, not quite what we were hoping for. Obviously, we've been getting used to winning the conference, going to Indy, um, making it to the playoffs. But overall, um, you know, I, I just keep thinking of that uh, a picture I saw on Fox Sports uh, Ohio State had the second least returning starters in the Big Ten. And I think if I heard right, second least in all the Power 5 conference teams. So, they had a young team, guys. Uh, that's uh, that's that's my outlook or my review of the season. Uh, the 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 defense uh, was kind of um, kind of our Achilles' heel. Kind of has been the last couple of years too. Hopefully, with these uh, new coaching changes that we'll discuss later, they'll be able to fix it. They've got the players. I I, I seriously think even with this new recruiting class with uh, freshmen like C.J. Hicks. And Gabe Powers playing at linebacker. I think linebacker's the the key there uh, for their defense. I think defensive line they should be okay. Uh, um, they should be actually more than okay. But their secondary, they've got some players back there too. Like I just mentioned a little earlier ago, uh, Court Williams. He's playing that bullet position. I like Ronnie Hickman a lot. Uh, Denzel Burke. He's going to be a stud. I mean he was starting as a freshman guys and he did some incredible things. So, uh, you know what, I'm running a little long on this podcast, so I'm going to try to wrap it up here. Um, thanks again for everybody listening. I think this is our, what, 22nd, uh, podcast show. I'm going to try to get more consistent. Um, that's going to be my new year's resolution guys moving forward, getting more consistent. I don't know if I'm going to post one, uh, podcast show like every Monday or every Friday haven't figured that out yet Um, things um, will get crazy eventually too and I'll just try to make a commitment I'll see what I can do but I appreciate all of you guys Buckeye Nation for uh, tuning in and listening to me rant and rave for good 25 minutes so thanks again for a great season first uh, first year uh, doing this podcast not quite done yet, cause I don't think I didn't start until uh, June or July, possibly August. I have no idea. Whatever, it's not that important. So, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, continue to check back on our Facebook page. That's where I make updates, make comments um, whenever I see something newsworthy. Whether there's a commitment, uh, whether uh, Fox Sports posts something, I think you know is important or it's relevant to Ohio State and. Uh, you know, I'd love to hear feedback from you guys. Uh, either send me a message or just write something on the the Facebook uh, page. I'll try to get back to you. Maybe I'll, if you drop me a question, I'll answer it here on the podcast show. And thanks again, guys, for uh, listening. Ohio State had a pretty good season. I would say it was probably a B, maybe a B plus, but overall, offense looks great. Defense needs some work, and I have. Complete faith in Ryan Day that he's going to get it fixed. So, thanks again, guys, and uh, stay tuned for my next podcast show. With that, I'll leave you with a OH and go, Bucks.